Thank you all for making it. We're going to be the number one media conglomerate in the world. The key here is act like a happy family. Hey, Jeannie. How are you, Mike? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Jeannie, have you ever hit a deer with your car? Oh, my God. No, but, you know, I've seen them on the road, right? Being from Michigan, I've seen it a lot. I have twice. You've hit the deer? Once a deer hit me, but I guess it's kind of me, technically me hitting the deer. So what happened? It jumped out on you? Yeah, it kind of ran through the... It was like in the middle of a bunch of vineyards, and it's like twilight, and ran through the vineyards yeah. and leaped across the lane and hit me, hit the side of my car. Oh my God, that would just be so startling. That ruins your freaking car, too. Right. It, you could be killed, too. What happened to the deer? I think that? he ran away. I think he got up and ran away. Ugh. Both times, my car got a bunch of damage, and the deer freaking ran away fine. Would you take it home if you killed it on the side of the road? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, not in, I'm not in Michigan. All right, right. <laughs> uh, the other time, I saw the deer. A car was stopped for it. It ran away, and then a, and then that pulled a Yui and ran right back at me as after the car in front of me pulled out. <laughs> I pulled out, and it ran right in front of me. No, I've never had a near miss, but I've just seen lots of roadkill. And, you know, we were driving through the Osceola National Forest the other night, right at dusk. I've seen wolves out there. I've seen foxes and wolves and deer, but never bear. But I'm always kind of, if it's dusk, you know, I'm watching for them in the forest. No gators? I have not seen a gator like that, no. Only in a, like a retention pond. Or I've seen them in a spring. I've seen a, a small gator in a spring. But... No, thank God. All right, Jeannie, oh. be careful what you say. We don't, pe- we don't want people to triangulate you and figure out where you live. All right. Okay. <laughs> have you ever read the... Uh, have you, Jeannie, have you ever tried... Speaking of triangulation, have you ever tried to read the Waystar Jet status board for clues? Oh, my God, no. What did it say? I always think about it, and this time I actually went back and tried to zoom in and screen capture it, and there wasn't anything revealing. But it tells you, you know, it tells you like typical jet stuff, like outside temperature and airspeed and, um, of course, destination. I don't think they've ever flown in anywhere really secret where we didn't know what they were doing. So I don't know what it would reveal. But I always thought it would be interesting to screen capture that. I just, you know, I can see it in my mind, just the company logo there, but I never thought to look. But I loved your, um, I loved your deep dive into what was on the... The phone when Kendall was looking for the New York Magazine article as he kept refreshing it. Yeah, I got that this week, too. Okay, good, good. I'm going to make that the screenshot for this, the, the image for this week's podcast episode. That's good. That's good. So, Jeannie, speaking of podcasts, this is West Coast Project for Succession. And West Coast Project does a couple, few, a few podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's some odd similarities between the other one we do, The Affair, and Succession. This How week. so? Um, when they come up, I'll point them out. But like Gretchen, um, Gretchen from Breaking Bad is in both shows. There's a Which Black one? Range Rover in both shows. I didn't watch The Affair this week. 
Gretchen. Gretchen from Breaking Bad. Who was she? Grey Matter Gretchen. She was married to the oh, other doofus okay. and... Okay, yeah. yeah. She was only in probably like two episodes, right? She was in a few more than two, but she wasn't in a whole lot. Right. She had a big gap between... She was in a few in seasons one and two, and then she skipped like two or three seasons, and then she was in the, at the very end. He was in love with her, no? Yeah, she was his what? girlfriend in college and they tried to break down the chemical composition of a body and they got it all the way down to like 0.001111 and she she proposed that that very last amount that they couldn't account for was the human soul Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Walt kind of said no that's not that's not chemical that's not scientific enough so I don't know I just thought it was interesting she's in both shows and then they they had some business deal that went poorly for Walt. There's a... To spoil Breaking Bad, if you're not okay. caught up, <laughs> don't listen. But yeah, they... Um, the the story goes that Walt was with Gretchen and her family and left one weekend in anger without a reason. And she just... And she never knew why. And so then she met Elliot, and she and Elliot and Walt were partners, and and the three who started Grey Matter, which became a billion-dollar company. And she doesn't know why. We never found out why Walt left her that weekend. Right. And that was kind of a mini-mystery in Breaking Bad. Did you, You didn't podcast that show, did you? We podcast Better Call Saul. Right. And, but no, the answer is no, we didn't podcast Breaking Bad. But we, we for Better Call Saul, we podcasted all the episodes that Saul was in in Breaking Bad. Before oh, cool. Saul, when we knew Saul was going to have his show to get ready for it, we went back and re, redid all the episodes Saul was in, which was like maybe, mm, I want to say eight or nine episodes. That's all? He was only in eight or nine the whole time he was there? He seemed like such a larger than life. Yeah. Well, before before Saul started. Yeah, he wasn't in that... I don't know. Maybe it was more. I can't remember. But it wasn't like we had to go and recapture all of Breaking Bad to catch up with Saul. He He was in less than the total amount of the show. Right, right. He came in season two also, I think, but... Yeah, that was good. I'll have to listen to that. I'm going to get ready for the movie. So, Jeannie, what about... I thought we would talk about your premise that you sent to me by text this week. What about why don't Stewie and Sandy just try to acquire Pierce and well, become why not? big enough to... Well, why do you think? What? Why not? Well, I, I just... <laughs> I honestly have no idea why not. I'm thinking something different now. The focus being with Rhea... You know, obviously gunning for the CEO position of Waystar. I've sort of, I've sort of forgotten about the Stewie and Sandy thing. Mm. Well, why couldn't they? Is it? It's big, a really good question. Tell? It's a really good question, and basically, it's why don't Stewie and Sandy just go after Pierce? Forget about Waystar. Become so big that then they can bear hug Waystar. Right. And, it, and that would be the a no-brainer. But why wouldn't they? Um, well, my only answer to you in our text was that um, sometimes if you're first with a business idea, you can't recapture the ground that somebody else has already kind of established. 
But I don't know. I mean, that's why it's such a good question because I can't just tell you why all the, it won't work because X, Y, and Z. I don't know why it wouldn't work. I think it would work. I mean, I think it's a it's a it's a premise anyway that the show could make work. I would think, unless there's some business reason that I just don't know, which is entirely possible. <laughs> yeah. It, the other thing I threw out that maybe Sandy doesn't have the resources that Logan has, and so maybe he can't quite get his arms around Pierce. But he seems to be able to get his arms around Waystar, which seems bigger than Pierce. Right. Or, or and equal Pierce to... Is, Pierce is definitely... They, they want the money. And if she's feeling any kind of bitterness towards... Logan or Logan and Rhea, I don't know, you know. Would that be enough incentive for Nan Pierce to want to do it? Yeah, I think I think at a certain point the scales tip and Nan's desire for the money will tip her from her clean, you know, her totally clean, I'm only doing things on the up and up. Although she, is, she does lean that way pretty heavily, that she wants to be righteous. So, I don't know. Maybe Sandy doesn't like her, or she doesn't like Sandy, or... I don't know. Well, it seems like they're back... They're back circling around. So, I'll be curious to see, because I really do like... Especially Stewie. You know, when he's on the screen, it just sort of crackles. He crackles. He's good yeah, with he's his good. Character. He sends a good insult in a really smart way that's fun to watch. Well, even though Logan... Or even though Kendall has a lot of status with with his company, his corporation, Stewie is not that far behind. Certainly not in any in, in a intellect level, but in power. He seems like an equal. If not if not greater at this point, you know? I don't know, Kendall once again has been crushed under the heel of Logan. On a whim, it seems. Yeah, well he's if not that, at least he's stuck on the heel, about to be crushed if Logan wanted to. Um, so, Jeannie, I thought the beginning of the show seemed like 20 minutes, this preview of all the other stuff that they've, where they try to catch us up. Did you sense it was a longer than normal? No, I always enjoy it. I just settle in. I settle in. I'm not impatient. I don't time it out. I just go for the ride on this show, honestly, because I just find it such a visual feast and, and just, I'm just delighted with the dialogue and all of it, so... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like time it. I just thought it seemed long. No, it doesn't. It goes about the, the It ran about what sixty-five minutes. Yeah, it's pretty normal. I mean, but the but the I didn't break down what the pre, the prelude was compared to the balance of the body of the show. It's probably you know, it was probably normal. It just seemed long. You know, I think it does fluctuate though. Sometimes it goes very quickly into the the opening. It, Credits, which I watch every time. Do you? Yeah. I, I mean, they're short. They're not, they're not like the affair. We do the affair. It's too long for me to watch. I zoom forward through those. Well, you know, it is long, though, but I think it's like over a minute long. It's about as long as the affair, but I'll, I'm going to time it because I think they're both long, but somehow I'm always compelled especially the succession one. I just love the music. I love the visuals. I love, you know, it's a little new this year. Yeah, they tell a better story than, well, comparing it to The Affair, it's easy to see why it's better. Right. But yeah. they tell a little bit more of a story than just waves crashing on the 
ocean and stuff. So Ooh, it's right. <laughs> so um, some other thoughts I had were that if you follow the money genie, Logan will always do what he thinks. So, so if there's ever a mystery and you like need to default, like okay, what's what's going on? How do I get back on track to figure out what's going on? Just follow the money. Like Logan will always do what he thinks is best to keep this corporate power train rolling forward. Right. Like he'll like he'll detach Shiv from Bern, the Bernie Sanders guy, or or he'll roll Kendall in front of the deceased kid's family just to knock oh. him down a notch. That he's always got like the same reason. The motive is there for Logan is to just keep this machine rolling forward. What's the motive though to just? knock him knock him down a notch crush him to take him the motive was he was annoyed with kendall for having naomi there right which was a dumb move for him to sort of have her come down and and to sort of be a little happy yeah well kendall's emerging from this emotional swamp of like this kid that he killed in the last season Spoiler alert. <laughs> but well, and Logan seeing him come like back to life a little bit, I think he wants him under his heel more. Like, don't forget that I know this and I have this over you. And, oh, and Naomi, I mean, if he gets tight with Naomi, he can easily make a power move back in with Pierce. Yeah, right, I know. Yes, you're right. I don't know. We could probably right. attach yeah. chapters from Sun Tzu to this Logan guy strategy. What's that? Just that, you know, when your opponent is weak, you become strong. When your opponent is on high ground, you don't attack until you have an advantage. Like when he was sick, he laid low with Marsha and didn't let anyone come and see him or people around him didn't let anyone come and see him until he healed enough to be strong. Right. You know, right. all these diff- all these war strategies, he just follows them perfectly. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. And also, I think Kendall was, he, he was feeling himself a little bit and trying to tell Logan, hey, you know, you might be embarrassing yourself with Rhea. Just to go easy there. And I'm sure yeah, you're becoming that. a doddering old man. And what right. are you doing with Rhea? And he's like, screw you. It's none of your business. Right. It's like two moose bucking heads in the forest. You know, the old one isn't ready to give up his ground yet. And he just crushed him like it was nothing to him. Like he didn't, he didn't even like, he, he just completely ignored it on purpose, you know. And he, you know, just that Kendall was involved. And it was just, hey, it's a, it was a casual ride along. Hey, come on, you know, let's have a ride along. Come on in. Don't 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 sit out there and wait in the car like a dog. Come on in. Sit down. Yeah, you, know? you got him there by degrees. Just, oh, oh, it's I also think Jesse Armstrong's smarter than anybody in our current political. Anybody on the current political scene, both from either side, whichever side you prefer, Jesse Armstrong is just so much smarter than any or any and all of them. Um, so tell me what you mean. Well, just he's smart the way he writes this show, and he's parodying what both sides are doing, I think. And to be able to outsmart people and parody them, I mean, it just puts you on my measuring scale, like a degree above the, the idiots who are in the real-life political scene that we're watching unfold in front of us. Right. I don't know. Yeah, do you watch the... Um 
behind the episode, inside the episode, little postscript. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, I was going to ask you something else, too, that I forgot about. Oh, well, maybe I'll think of it. Anyway, so the show starts with this... I didn't think... I didn't like this scene, this Naomi wanting a dick pic of Kendall for her records. I just thought, do, do people still, do people really do that? And I know I'm not asking you, but just rhetorically. I mean, like, I thought, Kendall, really? Like, who does that? Who would really do that? Especially, you know, never mind who would do that. It's Naomi Pierce. I mean, are you, do you not have an ounce of wherewithal about you to say, yeah, no, not going to do that? Well, that's very unsunsu like that. I know Logan probably has his weaknesses, but it seems like a very weak thing for him to even for Kendall to even consider it because he'd be he'd be handing over. I mean, we see leverage points like all the Greg he did stuff. It. I know he did it, <laughs> and she pretty and much think, tells him it's for my records. Well, right. I mean, and you know, don't forget that his tabloids really hurt her. You know, she she told him that. You know, it was a terrible time in her life and. They made it worse. Yeah, I mean, you could almost get away with getting off the wiggling off the hook of it by just all the artificial intelligence and the way they can make videos now appear with your face on somebody else's body. And I'm sure you could wiggle off the hook. But why even why even go into that arena? I, I didn't I mean, like I, I didn't <laughs> like Naomi's look there either. She just looked stupid. It the whole. The whole way she got sing-song about it, we just didn't. It didn't seem like the Naomi we met before. It just didn't. She appeared much less attractive for some reason. I totally agree because I really did like her with him. And she physically I, looked less attractive. I don't know why. She did. She wasn't styled. She, she wasn't. She looked like she had just gotten out of bed or something. You know, <laughs> not yeah. that that's a bad look. Not that that's a bad look. Because it's not. You're right. I agree with you. I just didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't like her vibe with him. I didn't like that he actually did it. I just thought, oh my God, you are that stupid. I mean, that's why I ask you. Do people do that? Like, would you? Not you, but. <laughs> I'm sure people do. I mean, like. <sighs> okay, I wouldn't trust anybody who asked me to do that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Or do, or does it? I mean, right. I don't know. It just seems stupid. So next Agreed. we see Shiv and Tom comparing notes, I guess, about her memo. Right. I guess he didn't... She didn't run it by him. She didn't so run it by anyone. Yeah, she went right. rogue, totally rogue on that memo. So he was a little gentle. I think there, I think she came on a little bit much in the memo, Right. What was that party? What was the event where they caught up? I don't remember. Sorry. It wasn't really even a party. It was just kind of a setting where everyone was invited upstairs except for Shiv because of the memo, I guess. She was kind of being being kept out of the inner circle because of the memo. And it, just because he's been keeping her out of the inner circle the whole time since he asked her to come in, <clears throat> it seems like. Yeah. Deliberately, you know, come on in. You're going to run the place, but I'm going to keep you at arm's length and not talk to you and not answer your questions with words. I'm going to go, mm-hmm, or grunt, or look at you. 
the dynamic is just, it triggers me. It makes me ragey to watch him do that to her. <laughs> and her do that to him, too. Well, I'm, I'm more bothered by him doing it to her. I think she's fluttering around and doesn't know what to do. And it, it's just it, it, every other episode, like last week, she seemed very confident in herself. And this week, she's sort of back to being a little twitchy and unsure and, and a little hyper and nervous. Oh, very much so, yeah. All right, so um, we get our daily or weekly dose of Jerry and Roman making plans. I guess she basically wants to know if there's any bad stuff she needs kind of based on, I guess, what Shiv did. Is there anything on you, Roman, that we need to know about? How about if we have a private eye go through your background and find out what's going on? And, of course, Roman turns this into something titillating when it really isn't. (laughs) He he kind of gets turned on by it, I think. He recites a few things. That yeah. he probably did do, right? Did you ever do, oh, things that she knew about? Yeah, no, I never did that. And sure, no, I never did that. Well, okay. Well, just yes, the way he answers her, like, mm, no. Right. I never did that. <laughs> um, then they kind of show the, going back to Sun Tzu, they show the strategic, like, Logan and Marsha are a couple steps up the, the stairway above everybody. They have the high ground, literally. And... Um, Logan's gloating a little bit. That's the cruise lines are a nothing burger, and uh, every everything important is happening up higher, higher ground behind them upstairs, where Shiv is not invited. Right. Um, so up there, they take a view of this parody ad that it's not even really an ad. It's kind of a pitch on a cheap cardboard iPad. <laughs> That just some cardboard viewer that some company and I tried to read what company that was and maybe you know Jeannie it's something capital maturity capital or whatever Stewie and Sandy are. Yeah, no, that was their hit piece on them to all the shareholders. Yeah, they made a thousand of these cardboard iPad viewer things, which had to cost, you know, the things a couple hundred bucks each times a thousand. It's not cheap to do that. Right. That's but why basi- think- basically to sway the shareholders to their side. Right. Um, but it was kind of a hint, too, that I think it might be time to get a little worried that they're, it isn't just a nothing burger. It is something still there kind of cooking in the background. Definitely. Um, so they talk about the various smaller voting blocks of stock and try to figure out how and who is where and what they need to do to get them all back towards their side, or at least the majority towards their side. And their mother, the ex-wife of Logan, has 3%. Mm-hmm. So it's important that they go to the UK and hit her up to sway her votes back, at least not to go with Sandy and Stewie, but to go with what Logan wants. Right. And also, Jeannie, they talk about a couple other things. Did you catch that? That he was also going to go to Singapore and then Christchurch, which I think is in the New Zealand. It is in New Zealand or Australia. I think it is New Zealand or New South Wales or somewhere down there. So, so yeah, they- well, New South Wales would be Australia. But wherever it is, it's kind of implying that he's on this whirlwind tour to rally people towards his side 
uh, shareholders towards his desires. But the most important part is the UK and the mom getting her shares. Um, right. So Roman comes down and has to tell Shiv what's going on. She's still out of the picture. And this kind of starts a whole cat and mouse game of Shiv following them across the world. <laughs> Basically, she ends up in the UK. But she has to chase Logan around and get him to sit and talk with her. Which, it, I just... <laughs> that whole thing, yeah. Just I, I would have no patience for that. And she's, she's so patient. She's so... Um, just in the face of his complete coldness and the way he's jerking her around, I just, she's still so polite with him, you know, even though she was very direct, friendly at the end, what's going on. And she looked like she was going to cry, but yeah, it, it was comical. It was, you know, it was part of the comedy of the whole episode. I think the near misses, he slips out the back door. He's going to go here. He wants her to go there. Well, I think she's still really naive because she doesn't, she isn't saying, Hey, dude, you fucked me over. You told me one thing, and then you totally didn't follow through with it. What the what the hell? She still wants it to happen, and she still like implores him, like, "What what what are you doing? You told me this. I really believed you. So, is it true or not? We know it's not true. We know. Why do we know more than Shiv? She's smarter well, than that. Yeah, and that's what frustrates me about her being so. Um like such a supplicant to him, you know? Uh, one episode, like last week, she was very, she was ballsy last week, ballsy and confident, I thought. You know, and the week before, she was nervous and twitchy, and this week, she's sort of back to being, you know, by the end, of course, he's got her completely wound up. But I, I'm surprised, too, that she doesn't say to him exactly what you said, you know, what the hell is going on here? Stop jerking me around. This is bullshit. But nobody talks to him like that. So they're all, on some level, scared of him. Yeah, I think the next card... Um, I think the next card in Jesse's deck in the storytelling here is that he's going to make the B team come up strong. Because even Which, we even see Greg tell Tom to shut up. <laughs> shut up. That was great. So I think we're going to get some teeth out of the the. the lower level players when they come up to Logan and, and they're and their next ups or next in commands, which I think will be super interesting to see happen. Well I think they this this episode just set the table for that for the rest of the season. Also Greg is looking really good, you know, I mean he's looking more like his hair is good, his look is good, his suits are good, he's more confident. It is it's going to be great. It's certainly it makes me curious about what's going to happen, whether it's greatness or not. But it's it's very well poised. It's going to be great to watch, regardless of what happens. But it's obviously going to be the siblings, I think, right, coming together to band against Dan and Rhea. And Greg, you know, he's he's pricking his his ears up a little bit. It's, it's totally cool. It's interesting. He, he doesn't want to get hung out to dry either, you know. He can see what's happening more well, than... Well, not only just not hung out to dry, he's going to make a power play at some point. Well, right, so we don't want to count him out. Right. I, I mean, I just think it's, yeah, he, he's just, every week he's looking better. You know, I mean, just look at him. You can just you can just see how they're, yeah, getting him ready for sure. Coming up from the farm team. So that that takes us all the way up to the credits. After the credits, we see Tom getting interviewed by some investigative team called Blanche and somebody 
or something like that about all the sexual abuse and wrongdoings on the cruise lines. And Tom tries to bail by saying, I was just the minnow trailing in the wake of the sperm whales. <laughs> I was at parks when all that bullshit happened. And I don't recall anything at this time that would at that time have caused me any concern. Like he totally weakly buffers himself. <laughs> and now I got to go run to the potty. Right. <laughs> um, and he, ru- he runs off to, you know, find out, is Logan going to hang me out to dry? Yeah, they're pretty scary specific. Like, was there any document destruction? They know exactly what they're looking for. Right. So it gives pretty good cause for Tom to worry. I just, I love watching his face. I just love watching his face as he goes through all that, as he tries to keep his cool and give the right answer. And, um, oh, he's just so good. So next scene is Logan and Roman going to the airport. They're pretty uncomfortable around one another still. Um, they make the deal about mom, what, what Logan's willing to offer the mom. Um, even with a slight apology or after a slight apology to Roman about the, the uh, Argestes slap. Right. Did I even make contact with you? Do you think Logan is, because he wakes up at one point in this episode, like, where am I? Do you think he's like still got a little bit of losing it? In his mind. You know, I felt like that was a way to uh, frame it between himself and Roman. It didn't really happen. He knew exactly what he did. He was just trying to rewrite it, the story a little bit, where it really wasn't anything. I'm sort of half apologizing. I don't really remember. I, I don't even think I really did anything. And And Roman's like, you know... I don't even remember what you're talking about or know what you're talking about. So, you know, that was sort of how he was, they were filing that away. Right. Well, for Roman, that gets him off the uncomfortable hook because Roman remembers everything about it. He had to go get some dental work done. He had to have a new tooth, right. (laughs) And, you know, so I just think that served to do that to sort of, you know, how could he not say anything, I guess. I'm a little surprised that Logan might have even felt like he had to acknowledge it. Which is, you know, but that's what I think he did. I think he just did it to reframe it so it wasn't so bad. And I don't think I knew what I was doing. Maybe anyway, if I even hit you, maybe I didn't. So they catch up to the plane and they see Kendall and Rhea on the plane. And the premise is she's just getting a ride to the theater in London. So are they a thing now, Jeannie? This, and this won't be the last time I ask you that. Well, I said last week... The one good thing. I could tell that it was just something. They have history or they have a present. Yeah, I think they're... Did she spend the night? You know, it's just really not clear when he later asked her. But yes, they definitely have a thing or she's she's working her angle, which is to now vanquish the competition and angle it for herself. And oddly, he seems to trust her. Just that doesn't well, track all with the Logan I thought I knew here. <laughs> well, first of all, and most importantly, I think she spent the night with him. Because the way he asked her was not a question. It was like, do you want to stay means I want you to stay. And she knows that to, to, to um, absorb the power out of Logan, um, she needs to do what he wants. She needs to let him think it's going his way. 
Of course. And the way he said it, though, also sort of made me think about this is not the first time. This was not the first time. They were so easy with each other. He was easy and quiet with her even before. I don't know, maybe they built a bond during this whole acquisition fiasco, but I didn't think it was the first time. Do you want to stay over or what, is what he said. Uh, see, that was a first-time question to me. See, I didn't think that. I thought it was very sort of, he didn't look at her. Do you notice he sort of did not look at her? Like it was the most casual thing. If she said no, okay, that's just how I took it. But I don't know, I just felt like, ah, I don't know. I just didn't think so. Yeah, I thought it was. Because the way she was kind of shocked slash mildly surprised. Slash not surprised. Maybe, maybe. But I think she was a little surprised. And then she had to really quickly think on her feet, like, do I want to go through with this? Because I don't think it was, I don't know, I'm reading a lot into this, but I don't think it was very mutual attraction. I think it was, she did it strategically, and I think it was the first time. And she had to make that decision, like, am I willing to sleep with this guy to, to make my plan happen? Well, first of all, I don't think a woman like Rhea Jarrell gets to her position in life without knowing if I accept a ride to London on his plane that I might have to pay him back, number one. I, if she was 21 years old, I might say yes. <laughs> she might have been surprised. So wait, just, you're saying she doesn't, she, she expected that she would sleep with him or she wouldn't think that she would have to? I wouldn't think she's surprised by what he said. That's all. Okay. I would have thought, oh, she was playing coy. Oh, I didn't expect that. I just didn't. Like, you know, I don't know. Of course she expected it. So I'm backstage with Van Halen. I'm not just here to get the green M&Ms. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So Shiv finds out everybody's bailed and left the country (laughs) while Tom chases her down for advice about these investigators breathing down his neck. And they do their usual dual talk of not listening to one another. They just want to solve their own problems by bouncing advice, getting advice off the other one. Um, And Tom just wants to know that he's not going to be the fall guy, which he could easily be in Logan's plan. I think Logan would throw away Tom in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And I think he's starting to kind of know it a little bit on some level. I think that... um, like, he, did, he doesn't know what's brewing for Shiv. But I would think Shiv should know a little bit what's brewing for him. You know, that this is going to be a thing, that there is an investigation. They are going to interview Tom. I would think she'd be somewhat aware, but clearly, I mean, she just didn't listen to him either. Not only do they not really know, but they don't care. Tom doesn't really care as well, at least as much about he, as what he cares about what happens to him. And Shiv certainly cares more about what happens to her than Tom. Absolutely. They both care about themselves. I would say Tom cares about Shiv. You know, he, he loves Shiv, if you will, more than Shiv loves him. He cares a little more about her. But, no, obviously, his first four questions are going to be, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> so now we get down to kind of the nitty and gritty with Logan and Rhea talking about the st- her status. She's posturing for this new status. And she's she's asking questions in the third person that she's really kind of mean meaning in her first person, like right. who's, who's going to be the next CEO? <laughs> like maybe it could be me. She's you know she's not saying that, but she's certainly posturing for that. 
Um, but I was surprised that he just went right into an easy conversation about the kids. Well, Logan's knows what she wants. Logan's, I say something in here about poker playing, players and playing. And there are three different levels of poker in this. And Logan is the best <laughs> poker player of them all. Um, and Shiv is second to Rhea, and Rhea's second, maybe. That's what it was. Rhea's next after Logan, and then Shiv's below Rhea. But he plays her desire to be CEO. Like, I value your thoughts. Help me put together a tight circle, you know, of who's can who might be candidates. And so Rhea immediately begins to, dis to deposition people. Right, um, yeah. He knows that she knows that he is kind of mad at Shiv, so she says, "Well, Shiv thinks she's smarter than she really is, and Roman might be good, but right now he's not ready." And I don't know. Kendall can get away with anything. He knows all the shots, but he doesn't know when to play. She depositions Kendall. Did you hear what she said about Kendall? And I wanted to ask you. She said something about him wearing a diaper, and he can just shit himself. Whenever he wants, or something like that. Did you catch that? Because no. I thought, I thought, wow, does she know about what happened? And do do she and Logan are they laughing about it? I wondered about that. I'm sure she does know. Oh, because she, then then he knows, and that was a di direct reference to that. He can wear a diaper and just shit all over himself. Now, you know, she just kind of, you know, and he just he laughed along with her and let her, just let her really take it to Shiv. And he, he's letting her do that, though, too. He's letting all that happen. Think about it. If you had all that power, you could go to all the maids and butlers and valets and car parkers and, and just, you know, drop them a $100 bill and just say, hey, give me any intel that you think might be interesting. Because you know they see things that you would never see, and they might it might be 99% of the time not important. But, you know, until the time the guy shits his bed or... You know, comes back all wet from a car ride with mud on his shoes that it don't belong. It might be pretty valuable info to have. It, it has to be because last episode, I think they had a shot of the maid with the dirty laundry or there was something that she saw the laundry. There was, she was aware. There was a quick little moment where you could tell she knew what he had done. With right. The, um, right. <laughs> Anyway. Right, but that that shot was probably just out of disdain of being a maid and having somebody with affluence like literally drop their shit in your garbage basket, and but somebody could leverage that into something valuable, which yeah apparently is happening with Rhea and her her mining this information. Right, so she's probably more devious than I thought last week. I'll, I'm going to take it back. <laughs> uh, you know. So Kendall and Roman start to talk about a Sally Ann that Logan had some dalliance with. Right. Summer with the horses, some indiscretion. You pick up on that, Jeannie? Yes, I heard him talk about that. But, I, you know, I don't think she was like a player in the business. Just that Logan's capable of it. Right. I thought it was really funny when um, Roman got on the plane and said, Oh, look, Dad, Ray is here. <laughs> yeah. And then wanting to know later. Right, they both did. What are you doing tonight after we're done working? It's so funny how they were 
so obviously trying to find out. I don't know that I would do that with my dad. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to that's a that's a boy boys game thing, but a boy and his dad, and that's like a different level of strategy. <laughs> But, you know, anyway. I, I, talking to my dad about someone he's going to sleep with or even a son, pe- guys that are afraid of their dad, like these two, it seemed kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, it's like almost false bravado that you can, like, engage your dad that way. Like, I'm not afraid to talk to you about this, but really they were way over their heads. Right, right. It's funny, too, how they're sitting on the plane. Like, the, the prime spot of the plane is wherever Logan is and everything else is... If he's in first class, everything else is kind of business class, and he commands them over <laughs> from whatever section they're in over to where he and Rhea are. Right. Come on through. Come on through, boys. I, I love that plane. Yeah. And so they talk about Shiv's memo, and this memo's news to us, right, Jeannie? We don't know anything really about it up to this point. No, she didn't say she was doing it. It's just been done, and they're looking at it, and they're laughing at it. Yeah, they make fun of, uh, what, Thomas Aquinas and Amelia Earhart references in it. Which seems so funny to hear that, because, you know, I just wouldn't, she doesn't seem like that kind of person to put quotes in things. But I don't really know much about her business acumen at all. And then Rhea joins in on the fun of picking apart um shiv too she's one of the boys right yeah but i like logan getting down to brass tacks during this conversation what's the protein okay enough of the ribbing what's the protein Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and rhea does a great play i think i think here where she just says be gentle you can't blame her because she's new at this corporate management game it kind of endears us to Rhea a little bit. Like, Rhea's not just totally evil, seeking power. Like, don't don't totally blame Shiv. She's new at this. It makes, her, it makes whatever else she does after that seem more plausible. Right, because she likes to come off a little bit like she's the mentor type. Shiv's older mentor who, you know, has her best interest. Right. Woman- she's like that moderator, the arbitrator, like between... These guys that don't under, quite understand women and their daughter and their sister. And well, I'm a woman and I'm an executive and I've seen people come up and they don't know everything all at once and give her a little space. Like she's really believable that whatever she says is valuable to them. And it's the same thing when she talks to Shiv because she gives a little bit of honesty and then she sprinkles in the manipulation. All right, Jeannie, so then we go to Greg's bachelor pad party of up-and-comers which is pretty freaking hilarious right (laughs) um it's time to habeas the corpus greg give up the evidence um greg got really nervous by the internal investigation so he went and got a haircut just to have someone touch his head to cure his jitters even though he didn't need the haircut but he looks good he's looking at you know he's getting he's sharp every every week he's looking a little better a little more power you know, just his whole affect. I mean, not his affect, but it's just his, the, the package of Greg. Well, he's come a long way from throwing up behind the face of a mascot head at the Ugh. parks. Right. <laughs> um, but Tom kind of threatens him that he'll reveal this theft of documents if Greg doesn't give them to Tom. 
And he even stays overnight to make sure they go together so that Greg doesn't do anything hinky. Right. It it does seem like he does. Okay, Greg, you know, I like you. I like your style. I like how you stood up to me. It's all good. But he doesn't tell him. I don't think he tells him he was interrogated. Does he? Yeah, because Greg was interrogated. That's why he went and got the haircut because he was had the jitters from those investigators. After, okay, right, right, right. And then he's planning to he's planning to come clean somehow. Greg is. Greg is going to tell somebody he's practicing on his recorder. Mm, uh, well, we'll get to that scene when we get to it. But right, I think okay. he's just practicing that the recorder picks up what he wants to say. He's getting he's. He's surreptitiously recording Tom for right. more do- dirt Tom on him. To say something, which right. he kind of didn't. Tom really didn't say anything. Kind of didn't, but kind of did too. Kind of. I just I don't think it was conclusive enough. Well, he did it in the hilarious Jesse Armstrong way, which is fucking great. <laughs> well, let's put the disappearing sauce on the papers. Right. Right. Yeah, it was great. But Tom doesn't really say, doesn't really, I don't think, give enough verbal confirmation that that's exactly what's happening. I just didn't, he, I didn't he think He comedically so. doesn't bite on the morsels that Craig, that Greg throws out. You're right. right. You're right about right. that. Right, So Beck and London are over in London. Logan and Rhea now talk. She, Shiv is coming to town. Logan's not quite sure what to do about it. And Rhea claims she can make it all go away. So whose plot is this, Jeannie? Is this Logan's plot to suck Shiv in and offer her the Pierce deal? Or is that Rhea's total idea? Or both? I don't know that Logan knew exactly what she was going to do, but he gave her the go-ahead. And after it was done, when they were talking about it, he said, ah, you got that noose out from around my neck. So he... She said, I might be able to do that. Yeah, he didn't ask what the specifics were. So you think it was Rhea's idea that I can make it go away? She has this plot to, like, imply that Shiv could get a job with Pierce and she could maybe set it up. Yes. I don't know if Logan knew that was exactly how she was going to do it, per se, until later. He just gives it the stamp of approval. That's what I thought. He did. He gave it the stamp of approval. Go ahead. Get, get rid of her, basically. You know, don't, you know, he doesn't want her to be a problem. I don't know that he necessarily wants to get rid of her out of the company, but he doesn't want her to be pressuring him the way she is. And then Logan asks her to stay. I think it's the very first time. You think maybe they've done it before. Are, are we shipping them, Jeannie? Do you think they're going to be maybe not the one and only time? I think the real purpose of this is, you know, the business move. So I think the sexual part of it is just sort of secondary. Don't you? Or do you? It's a good question. I think Logan is human. And I think... Hmm, I don't know. How can I say this? <laughs> on a, how can I keep this family-rated show family-rated? Even though oh, it's explicit I, on iTunes. <laughs> I think when a dude exercises power and like wins a victory wins a battle we've seen this on game of thrones and other war movies and stuff he wants to celebrate yeah when guys win and 
their power becomes evident and they score a victory, they feel powerful and sexual. And I think he feels that way now with and Rhea's there and Rhea's kind of powerful and she's attractive and she's not that far off in age. She's not like she's twenty one, you know, she's like eighty. Yeah. Come on. But, now. She's got twenty years under him at least. Yeah, she's fifty. <laughs> I know, but she's not it's not like a 50-year-old woman is different than a 30- or a 25-year-old woman. I agree. I agree. It's plausible. I'll give you that. <laughs> so I'm shipping them. I think they're going to be an item that somehow Marsha has to come in later and deal with. I think, or a weakness of Logan's that Kendall and Roman may exploit and Shiv may exploit. Rhea, well, Logan and Rhea will be a thing that is more than just this one night stay. Well, I agree. They are going to be more of a thing. Whatever that thing is, I think it's more of a business thing, but we'll see. You know, business with benefits or whatever. I'm willing to give them all what they have. You know, like, I get that. But um, I think it's more about what Rhea wants and what Logan wants. And I don't know. I guess she, he, they want him. He's going to have to name a successor for the fight, for the proxy fight. And he doesn't want to name his kids for whatever reason. Yeah. And so if she if she gets named, even if he even if they agree that it's short term or whatever. A figurehead, paper tiger. Right. Yeah. We'll see. But I think I think there's something genuine there between them as far as a relationship that's more than just you're the you're you're the successor so you're going to have to sleep with me. I think I think they share something that they shouldn't be sharing as a married man. <laughs> you know, he's committed to another relationship. He is the worst person ever, so I think his marital vows are so irrelevant. <laughs> In this whole thing, you know what I mean? He's well, just and so I think Marsha, I think that's kind of the Jesse Armstrong message, right? I think that's the Hillary and Bill and well, right. find all the women in politics and powerful men that just put up with that crap because they know it's part of the deal. And she said, I know who you are last week. I know who you are, Logan. Right. And, and, and Holly Hunter brings her up. To Marsha. And, you know, she said numerous times last week and this week, I like your dad. I really like your dad. I said earlier that I didn't, that Naomi's look was not attractive, was unattractive, in fact, in this episode. Holly Hunter was very unattractive in this episode to me. See, I thought she was very pretty. I thought she was sort of glowing, in fact. She was quiet. She was, she smiled a lot. She was sort of beatific. She was confident. She was giving him all the great business advice, but she was very chill. I thought she was. What What made you? What made her unattractive? Her this her you? her hunger for power made her very unattractive to me. Like her willingness funny? to use people to leverage herself up in power made her very very unattractive. And here last week, I thought she was an innocent mediator. <laughs> yeah. Not innocent, not innocent, but I really just... Huh. I mean, she physically, literally was physically looked unattractive to me. 
I thought she was just very, I thought she looked pretty. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Just so funny, the different. No, I liked her. I liked her. I, I've always liked Holly Hunter, though. But I like her here. She's sort of low-key. She's very, you know, she's just playing it low-key to me. Low-key but direct. I'm loving it. I'm just loving it. Yeah, but she's less low-key now. Maybe that's part of my point. She's less low-key and more direct, and that's, I don't know. Logan's Less demure. It, Maybe I'm exposing my maleness here, but Nan is very demure. But but we know she has power. Rhea is starting to be less demure and more blatant about her power. Now, isn't that funny? I would not have called Nan demure. Uh, Nan? Yeah. <laughs> Holly Hunter or Rhea seemed more... Uh, demure is the wrong word, for sure. But um, Nan is just sort of... Um, Nan will command the room. Nan will... Direct the conversation, you know. Nan will prevail in her polite, genteel way, but she doesn't seem demure to me. Yeah, you're right. Demure is not the right word. And it's not discretionary, but it's somewhere in there in that field of words. Like, Nan is more politically correct about how she handles things. But yet you know that Nan can be a huge bitch. Nan is irritated. Don't irritate Nan. You could just tell when she's... And Rhea didn't seem that bristly about things. Although, I know they were in different positions, but I found Rhea just to be... I find her to be quiet, to be confident, to be um, able to be very precise. However, right, in her interactions, she's extremely precise in what she's saying. But I'm sort of marveling at it, and you're turned off. Well, maybe Nan, because Nan doesn't have to be as calculating and careful as Rhea. Rhea has to be super devious, almost. Nan has power. She doesn't have to be. She can just say what she wants. Rhea has to leverage and be more calculating. Well, yeah, Rhea has to win Logan over. Rhea has to gain his trust for sure, because now, you know, she's, she's a free agent now. Last time she was the CEO of Pierce, regardless of whether she was whose interest she was really representing, I didn't really think she was planning to resign her job, right? Yeah. All right, so the next morning we see Jerry asking Roman more specific questions about his background. <laughs> uh, Kendall shows Roman a post, the post article about Logan having bullied the kid before the car crash. So this post article is incorrect but it's somehow powerful that the kid got bullied by logan at the party and then he got distraught and he went and crashed his car and killed himself so logan if the kid doesn't family might go and make a stink about it back in the u.s so logan decides it's good to go and apologize to the kid's family even though they did, they did have there was a moment at the party where you know there's a grain of truth about he was bullying the kid Get the fuck out of here, he screamed at him. And did he, didn't he? did he slap him? Yeah, but not enough him? to kill. The, I mean, who would believe that made a kid go drive off a cliff? No, I know. And, you know, they, they gave him a huge payout, too. I mean, not that he's not here to tell about that, but anyway. Well, bully to death is the headline on the paper. There's a paper copy on the ottoman in that room, and then on the mobile phone, there's a there's you see the same article. I saw, it. yeah, no, I, re I read that headline. I saw that, and 
Well, you know, it's just tabloid. There's always a little grain of truth. He was bullied and he died. He wasn't bullied to death, but, right? It's a stretch. I think making that connection is a huge... That's a... That's a that's false news, fake news. That's a newspaper reaching for clicks, you know? It's a tabloid. It's probably pretty much the same as Logan's papers. If, sure. You know? What, he, what his papers would be doing to Naomi, let's say. Right. So it's it's basically Roman and Kendall, and they wonder about Logan and Rhea. Um, and Roman, right. si- Roman sits back while Kendall goes in and wakes him up and finds out about what they should do next. Roman's goading him to go do it. Go, go, go. Why you know, does he, Roman he, get to sit back and let Kendall do the dirty work? Because he's the little brother, and and because he knows, I mean, he doesn't know why Kendall is kind of anxious about it, but Kendall right away is anxious, right? He's better show dad. Oh my God, he better show dad. Roman just wants to find out. Open the door and see if Ray is in there. Go tell him. You better tell him now. He was loving it. Oh, it's total Beavis and Butthead. Right. Should I go? Should I wake him up? Yeah. And he's like five steps down the stairs, and safely behind him while his brother does the dirty work. Because he could probably tell, he could probably read. Boy, Kendall really thinks Dad should see this. I can't wait to see if Dre is in there. Right. <laughs> so um, Kendall goes in, and Logan's alone. Now that doesn't let this shipping Rhea and Logan off the hook theory off the hook. No, she could it have, She would have very intelligently snuck out at four She's in the not, morning. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, I thought it was funny later how Naomi shows up and 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 Roman's like, well, this is almost as good. This is practically just as good. Somebody's <laughs> sleeping with somebody that they shouldn't be. Um, I'm sure that that really, after the whole business with them, you know, that was the first thing that stuck in his craw with Kendall. You know, now this thing, now he's got to go smooth this thing over while you're having fun with the enemy, dude. I'm sure that's what he thought. Yeah, but I think Roman just wants to see some dude with a girl snuck into a room overnight. Roman? Yeah. Corporate corporate repercussions be damned. He just wants some, you know. Oh, he loves anything like naughty and, you know. Yeah, he wants naughtiness. But Logan. What's that? That's the perfect word for it. Right, right. He, he loves all that. He loves what other people, reveling in other people's naughtiness. So Jerry Hugo and some other girl, Carolina, I guess is her name. Right. Why do they have a Carolina and a Caroline? That makes it confusing. Who's Caroline? She's Which the mom. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Um, but anyway, but- those the, the legal team and Hugo are discussing all this on the phone from the states. Right. And they think it's best to give this family a personal apology. Go meet them, give an apology. They send a photographer and get a whole press thing out of it. They wanted an apology. The family, they want an apology. They were telling him, and he did not want to actually apologize. So they were trying to give him a little script as to how, what to say so he didn't come right out and say, I'm really sorry, you know. Well, all this is being fueled behind the scenes by Sandy and Stewie probably telling this family, you deserve more than what happened to you, and they're, they're not right for not apologizing. 
right. come on our show and we'll we'll reveal every, to everybody what really happened. And, um, but so the, this dream team legal team back in the U.S. claims they can blame Sandy and Stewie by beating the drums of discord with the bones of a dead kid. Ugh. So Roman teases Logan about Rhea. Again, Roman is fearless. He got slapped for a stupid dinosaur comment. Right. And now he's teasing him again about Rhea. Uh, but Naomi saunters in to save the day, and this mollifies Roman that he gets, well, I got a little bit of sex here that I didn't expect. It, the whole thing of her sauntering in like that, it just, again, like the dick pic, like the fact that he actually took a dick pic, the fact that he would really, on the heels of this bitter disappointment and anger that he has towards the Pierces, that this Pierce girl would saunter in with Kendall and be giggly and going to go to the zoo, it's just a shocking um, miscalculation of, uh, to me of, that Kendall would do that. Just dumb. Maybe. I mean, at some point, you got to figure, i got to live my life. I'm not going to slurk, uh, you know, sneak around every corner in life. No, but... Look, this whole thing is, it just, not this girl, not right now. Why couldn't he have gone and, and stayed somewhere with her? I mean, does she have to come and stay in the house with them? It just seemed, it seemed just wildly, I, I can't imagine anybody I know who would do that. Right. Just given the sensitivity of the situation, never mind, I'm not talking about having a woman overnight when you're a grown man in the house like that. Nobody cares about that. It's just that it was her. Yeah, there were a couple of things that tripped me up logistically here, Jeannie. Like, later on, Kendall's staying over at his mom's house. So why aren't why not just bring Naomi over to the mom's house? Right. Roman and Kendall appear to be now with Logan at some place, at a hotel, or are they not near the mom yet? Is the mom out in the country somewhere? The mom was out in the country. She has a country house. He was staying with her. Well, they were all staying with her, I guess, because Roman woke up there at Caroline's house, the mom, and they discovered she was gone. That's at the end of the episode, but right, yeah, that was a little that was a little hard to figure out. Maybe but Logan were... breaks down the strategy for Mama. Give her ten million, you know, tell her ten million. Try not to get her up any higher, but I'll go up to fifty million. Right. And, um, and then we can split the difference. Anything you, you get her to settle in under, we'll split it. Didn't he say that? Yeah, but then they laugh about it, and then he laughs about it like, yeah, you're right. I was just kidding. I would never right. do that with you guys. But I think he, I think that was a genuine offer at first from Logan. Seemed like it. And he took it back out of, like, you know, well, that's, that's rude to make an offer to screw your mom out of something. I'll give you a financial reward. Because Roman does make fun of it. Yeah, we're going to go screw mom for you. Yeah. We get to see Logan laugh pretty gleefully here for the maybe the first time I've ever seen him in this whole series. Roman makes fun of her cooking three muddy trout and he has to fill up on mustard. And Logan yeah. laughs, genuinely laughs gleefully and giggles about it. It was really, it was, <laughs> it was really unlike him. 
in the same way he was with Red to me, just with his guard down and everything. Those two things were very unlike him. Anything that we've seen, right? It just doesn't... A memory, a family memory where Logan would laugh with his kids about something just seems unbelievable. Especially at the expense of the ex. Like, she's the mother of the kids. Well, he obviously doesn't care about that. That whole dynamic was really weird. That the three, the kids, the allies that he not, now relies on, the, the name of this show, Succession, are the agents he uses to manipulate the mother that he was once... You know, he fell in love with this woman. Caroline, first of all, she's pretty despicable. Like, you can almost see how right. Logan loved her at one point because she's horrible like he is. <laughs> they, right, have, they have the same mindset. But, right. I mean, she is a terrible person, so I don't have any sympathy for her. She was terrible from the first time we met her. Wonderfully terrible, I'll say. Because I love when she's on. I love watching her. I love everything she's going to say and the whole thing. But she is awful. She's cold and awful, and she doesn't care about her kids either. Right. So, But the funny thing is, I think Logan cares more about those kids than she does. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's really debatable. I, I laughed when she, she, she's bargaining with, I get the kids for Christmas. They're grown-up kids. That's so funny. Well, that's just to stick a sword in the side of Logan. But, you know, will you guys come for Christmas? You know, I get you for Christmas, Kendall, right? Yeah, you all come. I'll come. I know, like they're, he, not, they're not eight. Home. His wife isn't going to let those kids go to her mom. You know what I mean? It's just... It just seems so funny that she really thinks that it's a legal document that I get the kids. I mean, they're in their 30s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just agree to screw up Christmas. It. She probably would stand them up at Christmas, too. It doesn't. No, I, I get that, too. But that, would, that, that, that it would even be, like, on the table to discuss that these adult children might not want to go anywhere for Christmas. They may right. want to go to Bale or somewhere else. That, that they'd they be legally to compelled to go to London. Yeah, it's funny. In, in some kind of deal that they have to really, this is going to be, yeah, no, it was funny. Uh, so Roman leaves and it leaves Kendall and Logan behind. And Kendall asks about Rhea. And this is where he says that he doesn't think it's a good idea that Logan be with Rhea or appearances look bad. And, and Dad, she may be playing you. She, you may appear in the public eye to be the old fool. Right. So he must have been feeling a bit more confident, a bit more like himself, Kendall. At that, you know, right, that was his, probably his high point of the season or at least up until now, for him to be able to say that to his dad after all these all these weeks and months. His high PowerPoint. Yeah, and then bam. Yeah, so Kendall wants him to visit the family of the, the kid's family with him, and Kendall is really tortured by this decision. And then from the rest, for the rest of this episode, is tortured, pretty, pretty obviously tortured. Um, shell-shocked, absolutely shell-shocked and crushed and not knowing, like, he wants to confess. Should I, should I, should I talk to them? Should I tell them? So, and the way, oh, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> so Shiv shows up and she meets with Roman one step again behind Logan. He's off to see the, those kids, fam, that kid's family. 
and he taunts her, Roman taunts Shiv about the memo and lets her know that Ray is there. Um, and then the next scene, the, like Jesse Armstrong knows right where we need a little com- comedic relief. Because this is where they go, Tom and Greg go get the papers. Right. <laughs> and Greg, Greg along the way tries to wrangle a corner office out of Tom, but Tom shuts him down. Right. Pretty, pretty quickly. <laughs> Um, and the papers, Jeannie, are hidden in a secret, not top Bio. secret, but a secret <laughs> folder. <laughs> and then oh, I guess inside that folder, they're clever. doubly hidden in a receipts, an envelope marked receipts. Right. Aha. And but so Tom says, what polyglot genius could crack your impenetrable code of secrecy? <laughs> <laughs> But Greg is smarter than it. No matter how much Tom belittles Greg, Greg is still smarter than Tom. I love that. Right. He always has some slightly below the surface bite. He's he's got chambered ready to use on Tom. And but Greg lets it lets it out a little bit here. He tells him to shut up. Shut up. That was right, funny. Right. No, it's it's good. It's good. I'm loving it. It's funny and also telling because I think that little snarky bite from Greg is going to turn into a, a maybe not quite a death knell for for Tom, but it's going to turn into something more than just a hey, don't tread on my don't tread on me. You know, it's going to be more powerful later. Well, he's 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 quick on his feet too. He grabs those papers off the fire before. He gets back with the matches. He's just very much trying to think on his feet. He's not the he's not the moron, you know, that he's been making out to be. And I think Tom is starting to see it for sure. So Shiv catches up to Rhea and she says she's there for the theater and Logan just offered her a ride. Um, and that Logan's been kind to her and this kind of rattles Shiv like, I don't need my dad being kind to somebody who's kind of my counterpart in the world of women, power, and business when he's not even kind to me. And mm-hmm. this is where Rhea sets the trap for Shiv, where she can get a job with Pierce, I could help you, and then she'll use it later on with Logan against right. Shiv. And I think she gets her she gets her trust by giving her a little bit of truth. Rhea tells her, it's been hard for me since I got fired. You know, it's hard for me to kind of know where I'm standing now and all that. And I think she just sort of gets her trust and then reels her in with the offer and gets her excited about it. Yeah, almost like a little bit of you owe me. Like, I'm a little hurt because of all this getting fired. And I did this as part of our our earlier plot. Did you think that? Yeah, I thought I thought I thought that was a little you kind of owe me one, Shiv. Because I I didn't. I did this to help you, and I got caught, and it cost me a lot. I didn't read that. I just thought she was just um, laying it out there, like, you know, what had happened to her, that it was a come down for her. It it hurt her ego. You know, and then, you know, you just kind of, when somebody's being, quote, real with you, I think it sort of draws you in and just opens you up a little bit more to them. And you think, well, they've got my best interest. You know, they're sharing with me. We've, we're having a moment here. Two it's women. A bonding. Yeah, yeah, but she also got fired from a CEO position of a huge corporation. And maybe you can go take my job. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't read it that, 
you owe me. Well, it's probably a little bit of both. It's probably, I mean, that's this is where I literally type, Shiv is a bad poker player and Rhea is a good one. So maybe better description is Rhea is a good poker player and Shiv is not as good because Shiv's a pretty good poker player too. But Rhea is smarter. And Rhea knows how much Shiv really wants this. It's pretty obvious, you know, her, she wants it. She knows that Logan's holding her off. She knows she's kind of chomping at the bit, you know, she's just ready. She's just, she's ready for, she's ready to be rolled. So maybe that's all true, Jeannie. Like, I mean, that's part of Rhea's poker playing as a woman to woman you know i was hurt by this i'll share it with you because you can understand me as another executive businesswoman um but it's also kind of power like hey i lost a lot because of this ploy that we had that didn't work i got fired from this huge powerful position so it's maybe both i mean it's all it all it all stacks chips up on Rhea's side of the table and it got it got her to do exactly what she wanted Shiv to do, which was bite. Yeah. So Logan and Kendall visit the kid's parents and I guess uncle. And this is a total dreary setup for Kendall. Um, they literally have to drive over the bridge of the accident and there's like memorials for the kid. Right. Ugh. So this and is where I to- put this is where I put the similarities between the affair and succession is that they're driving in the exact same Range Rover that they drive in the affair. <laughs> and, Interesting. <laughs> and, and so maybe start thinking, okay, why are they, what else is similar? So then Grey Matter Gretchen came up. Jessica Hecht is the woman actor. Which one was she in the she's show? The, in this show? She's the biographer that Roman spoke to and I think Greg spoke to. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll have to see what that book's going to be about, too. Yeah, that's still lurking. There's a lot of right. there's a lot of sub submer, sub stuff submerged just below the surface that could easily come back up. There's only three episodes left now. Well, yeah, but there's a season three. <laughs> yes, definitely. Right, I know. Um, but yeah, dick pics, murdered kids in swamps. Whatever. What else? You know, hundred other things probably. Right. Um, but anyway, so mom is not there for Kendall in the morning. Ugh. Pretty brutal, huh? Pretty. That was awful. That was awful. No, sure, go ahead. That night before, I'll I'll listen. I'm not really I'm not really feeling it, but go no, go ahead. Just so, so um, they're both so. They're they're all just into their own selves and their own agenda. I mean, you know, it's no wonder that Kendall went back and put money in the in the mailbox at the family's house late at night. He he didn't know what else to do. Money's the only thing that matters, you know, to him and them, and that's the only thing he could do. Well, Jeannie, like all good things, they come in threes. This was also the third thing. If people even care about the stupid analogy I'm making to the affair. (laughs) This is the third similarity to the affair is the mom was supposed to help watch one of the characters in the affair watch the baby. And she was not there in the morning. She bailed on her daughter and granddaughter in the affair. (laughs) Which is like eerily similar, these 
I mean, the, the Range Rover's stupid, but it's literally the exact same car and color and everything. Anyway, I'm drawing these lines. Is that the one Helen was driving when she hit? Yeah. Well, no, it's the one Sierra was driving when she stupidly drove too fast. God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done my podcast yet on that one, so I won't spill my, my ire, but that was funny. Well, I'll have to watch that tonight because really the best part of the affair, I'll be honest, is listening to you and Michelle, you know, break down the show. But then you, you're just, you're so, you're so over it. I mean, you know, so far that I just, I can't, it's just so funny to listen to you because I agree with everything you say. Well, I've gotten so far over it that I'm like, okay, I've gone way too far. Made way, tried to make way too many jokes. People are sick and tired of all the stupid you know, I'm stretching to make shit funny on that show. But so I've tried to come back like, OK, I'll just take it a little more seriously. And I'll I'll give Sarah Treem, the creator, a little bit more credit and try to understand it more. And but I can't keep I can't go that way. It's so stupid that you have to keep. I don't know. You have to keep making fun of it or it's just unbearable to watch. It's but you know, you guys have just made it bearable for the last couple of years, at least. I just, like, I would watch it, and then I would wait for you to put your show up because it was just so, so right on, and it just started out so good that the, you know, the show was such a good show. I guess we shouldn't talk about it too much It's here, okay, but. it's okay. <laughs> so at the kids' family, they have, they show up Kendall and Logan and a couple other guys and a photographer, and they have a ph- photographer ready to capitalize on the PR of this visit. Um, we don't ever really hear Logan's apology, but I guess the point is for this whole scene, Jeannie, is that he's dragging Kendall inside to sit in the frickin' crypt oh, of this oh. kid's house. It's, it's like a it's like a crypt. Um, were you surprised how deeply this is affecting Kendall? Like, was it overdone? Do you think? No, I don't. You know, you can you can see how shell shocked he was when it happened, and then the immediate aftermath, right? And he was just kind of getting back to himself. So, no, I'm not surprised. It was a horrible thing. And Logan just acting like Kendall's along for the ride the way Roman would be if he had told Roman to come with him. Like, he had no—he didn't acknowledge Kendall's role in any of it whatsoever, you know, obviously on purpose, to be just as cruel as possible about it. I hated it. I hated him for it. Which is the point, I guess. Yeah. I I think I have to say I was a little surprised that Kendall is so deeply affected by this. Because Kendall's the dude who is ready to throw his dad under the bus for having a a medical event that made him addled with the stroke or whatever, that he couldn't be as sharp of a decision maker. So now I'm going to step up and take my power move over my father He's pretty ruthless, and for him to be this deeply affected by this kid, the kid pulled the wheel. The kid wrecked the frickin' car. The kid pulled the wheel away from Kendall and made the car swerve off the road. Kendall dove back under to try again to find the kid. I I don't know, man. I'm finding this a bit of a stretch with Kendall being so stricken by this tragedy. You know, I just think... He didn't kill the kid, obviously, when they refer to that. He, he didn't kill the kid. He wasn't, it was an accident-ish, you know, but he was, you know, he was felt guilty for taking the kid, 
probably, you know, for it being his idea, I would have felt terrible. It would it would take a long time for me to probably settle in my mind that this really isn't my fault at all, you know, or somehow. But I just, no, I do, I do, I do. I think I would just be walking around hollow-eyed like that for a long time too. And then when he just brings it right back up and makes you go dwell in that space again without even saying anything, that's exactly where he wanted him to be, was in the bowels of his own hell, I think. With that whole thing, he could see it. He could see it. He could see Kendall. Right. Or just leave. He was gone. Kendall wasn't even in there. He was just walking around like, like he had just had electroshock therapy or something. Well, they try to portray Kendall as the one of the Roys with the conscience. Like we can't just sweep the girl on the cruise ship. We have to bring it to the surface and admit wrongdoings happened and we don't want them to happen anymore and we can't just brush this under the carpet. I mean, even Shiv wants to just brush it under the carpet. So, so Kendall, they portray him as the one with the conscience. I think he does. I think he loves Logan. I think when he was trying to take over the company, you know, Logan screwed him over from the very first time, just like how Arrested Development started. When he thought he was gonna, it was going to be his night, they were going to announce him, and he said, eh, I'm staying. You know, I mean, this was, I think, three years Kendall was being told he was being groomed for this, you know. So there's a humongous, the guy just screwed him right over from the very beginning, and then he had the stroke. And then he was doing things that were alarming, you know. So I could see where he could sort of talk himself into that. And then he failed to, you know, make it happen in the meeting, and the power shifted, and then... Yeah, he threw him out and all that. And then he was angry. So I could see I could see what Kendall did is not being as bad as what Logan is doing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I said this before too, but I also think it was a little bit odd how the family like if it had any if it had to direct any anger from their grief, that they would be directing it at Logan and the silly he made he was angry and slapped our son slapped the drink out of his hand after he spilled it. Like, they don't the know about Kendall. Topic. You know, we see Kendall as the one swimming in all this tragedy, drowning in it, literally, I guess, actually. But why would the family be really that mad at Logan unless they're making a money play? And they don't even seem to be making that. They just want an apology. Is somebody, like you said, it, it maybe it is Stewie and Sandy stoking the fires. They are. They're putting it probably in the media to get the family to keep it so it, it won't die and go away. And, you know, when somebody slapped your kid the night they drove off a bridge, you know, you might want to look for someone to blame because you're just distraught. I think it would be an easy thing to do. Easily swayed. I think they'd be easily to, yeah, manipulate into feeling that kind of way about Logan Roy and making him, you know, the focus of their grief and anger. So they drive away and Kendall and Logan talk about it and... Logan says, poor bastards, they knew he was a druggie. Um, I don't know. Wait. It's the third element is of all this is the undercurrent that Logan knows. Logan's knowledge of what really happened is that Kendall... I mean, again, stretch this back to the affair. It's like a car accident. That Whose fault really was it? Is it the right. drunk driver? 
Is it the guy grabbing the wheel? Is it the guy pushing the person out on the road? I mean, whatever happened, happened, but... Those, that was a confluence of circumstances, the affair situation. You know, whose fault was it? Well, it was Scotty's fault. <laughs> well, as was this. This is like a, a stew of... This doesn't have a fault. You know, the whole, this thing doesn't have a fault. This was an accident. They were going off to do something they shouldn't have been doing. A deer stopped out. He thought he would do it, and they went off, and he drowned, and Kendall failed to save him. It was a tragic accident that, and, you know, he, and Kendall's easy to exploit because he was probably high at the time, too. You know what I mean? Just there's so much. Well, and Kendall didn't send rescue teams to try, he, even he a half send, hour later. He, he came back and tried to, he washed his clothes out, right? He took a shower. He did everything to pretend he wasn't near it. And and Logan was able to, you know, just blackmail him out of the bear hug with that. And then now Lo, and Kendall's afraid. He doesn't want to be, you know, all you'll ever be is a rich kid who killed someone if this comes out. Son. So, Jeannie, let me put you on the spot. <laughs> what would you have done if you were a candle in that at, on that night and you had drugs in your system? I would have gone screaming for help. I think I would not have said, "Oh my God, I better creep away from here." It would have just been—I can't even. The, the thought of it is so sickening, you know, to think about something like that happening. What would you do? If you're driving along the back roads of the Everglades and you find a uh, Wells Fargo bank bag with $25,000 cash in it, dark road, nobody sees you, nobody there. I would call for help and turn it in because I know that money's marked. Oh, kind of like you know, no country not, for old men. You're not going to get away with that kind of money. Ask me if I found $50 in the road, and what would I do? <laughs> you know? All right. Large amount of money, you know, you're just not getting well, What makes you think the money's marked? You know, Wells Fargo, a bag of money, I just would not think I would ever get away with something like that. I'm not the type, really, to try to—I'm not a schemer. I'm not a shoplifter. I'm pretty boring. I'd call for help if my car went off. I'd feel terrible. I'd be terrified. Well, you make it sound like the reason you don't do anything <laughs> to fear keep of the money is because you might get caught, not because it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. You know, if it was $50, I'd take it. No, I wouldn't take it. I just wouldn't take it. All right, would you? What would you would do? You? So my favorite <laughs> movie of all time is No Country for Old Men. Did you okay. See, did you see that one? I saw it, but I I've got to watch it again. Well, that one, there will be blood, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, very, very well, very kind of similar in like they're dated close to each other, but they're kind of similar power movies. What would you do if you found the money at a drug scene like that in No Country for Old Men? <clears throat> and he took the money and they pursued him, right? I'm just forgetting the particulars. Oh my God! You know what? I'm not a I'm not a taker. That's like saying, oh, say Godfather. So they they tried to raise a little bit of money with <laughs> olive oil. What happened after that? I don't. Know. Oh, give me another moral dilemma. 
uh, uh, simple plan. Plane crash. They find the money. Billy Bob Thornton in the plane. It's in the middle of the woods. You know, if you, you if some big cataclysmic thing, I'm not going to take it. Because I'm just thinking, this is too big. I'm not going to just steal $20 million or however much it is. It no, was, I'm well, not. In, in, a, in a simple plan, I think it was a million or maybe a few hundred thousand. In No Country for Old Men, it was two million. All right, so you say 50. What if it's, what if it's $55? $55. Just found on the ground with no one. You think, who, who's, whose money is this? Now you know you get what I'm saying. What if oh, so? What if I'm it's what if it's it. five thousand? <laughs> what you know? What if it's what if you won't get caught? You just find the money, but you know it's in a Wells Fargo deposit slip attached to it or something. You know, I just don't think I'm taking a bank deposit like that. I just don't. Do you? Would you? I would be tempted. I gotta admit, I would be tempted. I would open it up and look at it and see. I just don't, I, I just don't, I don't know. I just have well, never. Well, yeah, don't... now we've all seen No Country for Old Men. You look for the tracker. <laughs> no, but I just don't, I'm not the type. Okay, here's an example for you. Here's an example I'm going to ask you, because this actually happened to me. So you order something on Amazon, and it doesn't get there, and it's Christmas lights. So it's a timely thing. You want these lights. And you call up or whatever, and you say, where are my lights? Damn it, it's Christmas time. And I haven't gotten these lights. And they say, sorry, we'll send you more, which they do. The lights arrive, and then the, and then the original lights arrive. Do you keep the original ones, or do you let them know that now you have two? Yeah, I'd let them know I have two, because basically that's kind of your, it's the same answer you gave, because I don't care. Well, maybe it's not the same answer. I, I don't want two sets of Christmas lights. But if you did. <laughs> so I could make my, my house look doubly garish? Well, um, I wanted these lights. This happened. And so, <laughs> but I knew I... I just felt so bad. My friends like keep them. I mean, you know, it was their fault. It's supposed to be there. You're a prime member and all that, you know. Well, I didn't. I asked them. I said, "Hey, they showed up." I asked my husband. I said, "Hey, just the exact thing." Cuz I wanted him to tell me just to keep them, right? It's okay. They, you know, he goes, "What do you think?" He said, "Why are you even asking me? You know the answer." which I did, which I wouldn't have asked him, right, if I didn't have some feeling of this isn't the right thing to do. No, it's a great party question. Right, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would say they're yours to keep. Fuck Amazon. Yeah, they make many, plenty right. of money. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, and even Kendall and the kid, dude, if you're, you could go to jail for 10 years for he left the scene of an accident. And he left the scene of an accident. Right. You know, I mean It's a it's a dilemma. I mean it's it's a dilemma that I will will we have the luxury genie that we can let each other off the hook and not we're not compelled to answer <laughs> under oath <laughs> on our podcast. But it's a it's a very interesting thing to ponder. The what right, would you do? No. But I think that I would go crazy and run for help and say, oh my God, and this happened and just right away straight. I am not a cover-up type. You know, I just, 
that just wouldn't be my. It never works. I'm sorry. All right, so I got to so I got to press this one other point since we do share the commonality of the affair. Right. Um, that Jeannie, you met me through listening to Michelle and I on the affair and yep. talked me into listening to, to watching Succession. Essentially, is how we started this podcast. So, what would you do in the affair? What would you do as Helen if you were Helen in the affair? Well, I haven't watched. I haven't watched Sunday night's episode. Well, you watched like season one. What would I do? Like, um, where are we at in the You're story? You're driving the car. Oh, is next whoa. to you. Or wait, what? What actually? I can't even freaking remember. What, what happened was she hit him. He he was pushed out in front of the car by someone. Allison. They were fighting and arguing. She pushed him away. I don't know that she like thought, "Oh, here comes a car." Right. I'm not. I'm not clear that. Oh, I'm gonna strategically push him in front of the car. I'm not. I'm not clear on that. What would I do? I would absolutely have called the police. No, but you're Helen. Noah's taking the blame uh, for you because you were driving. Oh, oh, you were oh, driving, Jeannie, him? not Noah. And would I Noah let steps him? up and says, "Don't worry, I'll take care of it. I'll say I was driving," oh, and then goes to oh. prison. I just, you know, that would just be such a hard thing to live with, honestly. I don't know that I could live with that. Well, wouldn't you be... I might have told, you know, I might have said, you know, no, I, I just can't live with that. Wouldn't you be kindled to Logan forever? Like, Helen should be Helen to Noah forever? In debt almost forever for letting her it's... off the hook? Except, as you pointed out in the last podcast I listened to, he didn't really do it for her. No, Michelle says there. that. I, that's where I don't agree with her. You think he did it for Helen? Michelle says she did it. He, Michelle for, says for Noah Allison. took the bullet for Allison. But I say he took the bullet I think for it both of them. Helen for hitting him. But honestly, I think a situation like that... You know, I mean, if you would have just handled it straight away, I don't know if it's too unbelievable that, oh, I hit him. And she was drinking, right? Or they had been drinking. Yeah, she was. Oh, God, it's horrible. He was drinking, so she drove. She but she drove, was but drunk she, too. Was, she didn't want to drive or something, but she did it. And they were having a moment. They were having it. They were connecting. It was a bad. Yeah. What would I do? Would I let him do it? I'm going to plead the fifth on All that right, one, I'll Mike. let you off the hook. We're way off track on this <laughs> succession. All right, so Roman and Shiv get ready for dinner at Mom's, they, but they're so t tuned into what crap she's going to serve for dinner that they go to a convenience store and buy sustenance. <laughs> um, Greg's practicing testing his phone recorder in the bathroom. This is so freaking funny. Pretty boy like you and Jill. Like, he's just putting the, right. the recorder. I guess it's his phone. In his different pockets to see how right. it sounds. Pretty boy like you in jail, huh? Like he tries the recording in different pockets and creating wind with his hands. and So funny. Um, no, I thought it was great. So you don't think he's going to... Well, he's going to wear the wire, the phone, you know, and get the incriminating evidence that he was, you know, forced into doing the destroying of the documents. 
what do you think he'll do with it? Just keep it. I think what, well, and tell I think what he's got is good enough. I think he's got more now than he had before they burned what documents that were left. I think he's got a couple documents, and now he's got audio evidence against Tom. I'm, just, I'm not convinced that he's got audio evidence. Right. Enough to just, I'm just not convinced. I'd like to know what other people think. All right. So Shiv and Roman go to this dinner, and Mom is totally cold-blooded. She calls Roman Roro. Uh, silly little stuff. But they all know the real reason for this meeting is that um, it's to set up the payoff to Mama. Right. Uh, Kendall's not there. He's at a pub and going to miss this pigeon feast. Yeah, right. Ugh. Uh, so Shiv tries to portray herself as neutral, and Roman's the deal-maker. And there is a number, Jeannie. It's... Uh, but we, we, we have an even better poker player than uh, Shiv, and it's Mama. Mama's right. a good poker player because she wants, like, she lets Roman try to speak first, and Roman tries to get her to speak first. And she just says, well, I'll take the house in the Hamptons or $20 million in Christmas visits from you kids. Right, whichever's going to make, he, let him decide if he's going to pick time with his kids or... You know the house, which yeah, she doesn't care about any of it. There's a little bit more po poker play to it because Roman says, "Well, the number is ten, but I could go up to 40. and she knows forty's bullshit. She, right away, right. she says, "Well, that means it's fifty. You're a bad poker player." Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's what I—that's what kind of I said earlier. This, these skills that. Caroline has are what made Logan fall in love with her in the first place, even if he Probably. hates her now. Right. I would love to know what all happened there, but... Yeah, we might get to see it. I don't think we need to, but we might get to. She's very good. It's just highly entertaining just to, to watch all this. So Kendall goes back and drops money in the drowned kid's mail slot and tries to share thoughts later on with Mama, but no go, Jeannie. She doesn't want to have or she doesn't have the capacity to even listen to his feelings and support him. No. Nope. Clearly, nope. Kendall's bearing the weight of something really huge, and she still shuts him down. She's pretty freaking bad with this scene. She's awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Well, you know, how bad is it? It's pretty bad. You know, maybe not. Maybe in the morning. Yeah. We'll feel better. Makes it doubly worse. Like, delays it like giving him hope like yeah you're right maybe i'm maybe i'm a little bit overbearing giving you this task to listen to me but you're right in the morning let's try again she never intends in the morning to listen to him right all right so now yeah. tom and greg are putting the disappearing sauce on the old documents right. <laughs> greg sets up his voice <laughs> recording um and he does it very cleverly genie that's why i think it's valuable still because he says no one will ever know that you sent me in to destroy the record of hush money and illegal intimidation. Well, I just thought that was so obvious that that Tom would have picked up on that when he Tom said Tom doesn't it. have so, a clue, though. No, he doesn't. He doesn't because he's too focused on getting rid of it. He's, he's he just but can't he wait. Does to more. Just... He, he he like peppers this conversation with huge incriminating things like. Because the, the flame won't light, and Greg continues his commentary. God, Jesse Armstrong's a freaking genius, man. It's, it's like, evidence does not want to be destroyed. Right. 
but he doesn't say. He doesn't engage. I'm just I'm waiting for Tom to say something that is, and he's just mm-hmm, you know, just kind of involved in the task and not, not in my opinion. If anybody heard that, nah, he doesn't quite. Yeah, what do you have to say about that, Tom? You're right. He doesn't get Tom to like. Doesn't quite get it from him. But what? But why would Greg ever make this faked audio without Tom there? If you were a prosecuting attorney, you would probably. It would probably seem pretty credible. I guess is what I mean. I don't know. I just think if they're wearing a wire like that, they always want you to be a lot more specific. Well, Greg's an amateur at this, clearly. All right, all right. <laughs> so he grabs a couple stray pages and stuffs them in his pants. And there's even a hold my beer. As hold Tom... my beer, right? That was great. That yep. was so funny. <laughs> all right, now Shiv shows up on Logan, asks him about the memo. He tries to downplay it. Like, I haven't had a chance to read that. I have an inbox the size of Argentina. Um, and she also talks about the successions. It's still me. Bad poker, bad poker play by she's Shiv. about ready to start crying. Yeah. You know, and she and she really the way she was able to, you know, muster up in her face like her face got a little puffy. Her face got red. You could see her eyes fill with tears. I thought it was so good, but um, just she's so naked to him at those times and then she's so confident and breezy at other times i just don't right and what do we see at a poker table genie we see sunglasses and stoic stoic faces and we literally hear the poker analogy from somebody in this mama you're a shitty poker player right shiv is not a good poker player here she's got her, her heart on her sleeve here totally um, and this is also where we learn of Rhea's duality. Logan says Nan's shouting it all about town, but this is Rhea. I think, you know, Logan tries to say families first, families first, and storm out, but he set Rhea up to, or he unleashed Rhea if he didn't think of it. Rhea thought of it, but it's oh, it's he kind unleashed of, her totally, and he thanked her for getting the noose off of his neck, the noose that was Shiv. That he put there on his own neck, actually, you know. Right. But he's a he's dualistic too because he says family first, but he's playing he played a trick on his daughter, knowing so, how important it was to her. He's awful. He's a terrible person. <laughs> he's awful. He's cruel. He's cruel to all of them. He's just like he's beyond. He could just say to her, I mean, what's why couldn't he just talk to her and say, look. I'm sorry I made you think it was going to happen now. You know, I'm going to, you know, whatever. Just be honest. What's, why can't he just, with his kids, be honest. Why does he have to keep them all? I don't understand that, but I know it's part of the story. And the He'll have his comeuppance, I'm pretty sure. This isn't a one-way track we're on. No, I know. I know. So Kendall and Roman learned that mom's left town, and what does Roman say? Something about no, no eggy peggies or something cute about eggs that he's looking right. forward to getting. Right. Yeah. No, we're not. So on the plane, Roman reports back to Logan. The deal's done. It's twenty and Christmas, and he gets the slap on the back from Logan. Good boy. He's the number one boy this week, right? You know, he's sort of Roman has stayed above everything this week. You know. 
for the moment, yeah. The moment he's been benign and the winner, just closing the deal with the mom and locking that part down and getting this the backs his his um slap on the back from dad. Kept all his teeth. Yep. <laughs> uh Rhea asks about Shiv and or tells about Shiv. I got the news from around my neck. Thank you. Logan's happy with Rhea. Let's and sit Rhea, down and then and then he proposes. Let's uh widen the net. Let's look yeah. a little farther afield. This is poker again, right? Maybe we need to look far, farther afield for the next me, Rhea. Like maybe that could be you. It doesn't right. say that, but maybe we, we need to look farther afield for the next me. It's an implication that invites Rhea into it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess he, he knows that he's implying that. And he knows that she knows. And they're all kind of dancing around it. Very quietly, I'd love to help you do that. You know, under the guise of, you know, I'm I'm part of your search committee. I'm the chairman of your search, the de facto chairman of your search committee. And right, I'll help you build yeah. a short list of candidates. Right. And then Shiv calls Kendall to warn him of Rhea, and that's the yeah. end. And that's setting it up. I think it's going to be great when they kind of band together against her and Dad, Rhea and Dad. So the next. Next ons Dundee. What did did you get anything from the next ons Jeannie? Did you watch them? I did watch them a little bit. Um, I'm just excited about you know she's going to get the siblings together. Maybe even Marsha. Oh, definitely Marsha. You know, so no, I just think it's great. I think it's moving. I'm excited. I saw four quick little short scenes. So Shiv knows Reyes making the short list that we just talked about. Yeah. And it's at Logan's pre-funeral or pre-memorial. Right. I can't tell right. if that was sarcasm or serious, but that was also it, something planned by Rhea. They're honoring him somehow. Right. No. Right. That's going to be great. And then Kendall and Shiv talk about protecting themselves from Rhea. So it's a kind of a reforming of a Kendall-Shiv bond. Mm-hmm. And then Shiv and Marsha talk and say we may have similar interests. So right. Shiv's going to engage Marsha to be on her side against Rhea. And I'm liking, you know, the fact that the kids have a little power or a little, you know, something to do other than be quashed by their dad, you know? Just a little action, a little, um, I like I loved when Kendall was planning to overthrow his dad. I loved all that backroom planning and... yeah. It's cool because all the, the power is so the levels of power are so ambiguous that we can't we don't say to ourselves oh that'll never work because Shiv will never have enough power to overthrow, but if Shiv bonds with Marsha, that's powerful. If Kendall bonds with Shiv, that's powerful. If Rhea bonds with somebody, that's power. We don't know the math of all these different people and the, their combinations of power. And you know, I wonder if Rhea. Remember when she asked Shiv about Marsha, if she was trying to sort of take her temperature to see how tight Shiv was with Marsha? Not necessarily for the fact of, don't hurt Marsha and sleep with my dad, but as far as a business alliance. Yeah. That's why I say all the, all the answers are solved with, what, you know, where, go look at the money. What's, what, where's the money come from? Right. Follow and the money. I couldn't think of the right word, but follow and, the money. You get the answer every time. And, and didn't he, did he succeed? He, Logan, 
in giving more voting shares to Marsha. Remember they were talking about that earlier in the season? Yeah. So well, now, now Logan, now that may cost Logan by Marsha and Shiv with an alliance that forces out Rhea. That's what I'm thinking. So it's all that math is like in play. It's just glorious that we don't, we know it's in play, but we don't know how it all adds up yet. This show is probably going to go at least five years, don't you think? I don't know, Jeannie. I just want to say thanks for sharing all your insights on picking up bags of money on the side of the road and drug deals. Anytime. And saving people from drowning. Right. And, uh, and more and more near, more near moral dilemmas like little Amazon things that I can actually wonder about, would I or wouldn't I? The $50 million is just a pipe dream. <laughs> hey, it could happen. It could. All right, Jeannie, I'll see you next week on Dundee. Sounds good. Can't wait. Bye. Take care.